Hey, what's up? It's the Drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. It's a sunny day out. Oh, it's beautiful. Feels like baseball season is oh. that much closer. The sun, the sun has melted the snow. I don't know if we're going to have... Surely we'll have snow again before opening day, or maybe on opening yeah. day. Just knowing how things go around here. But Well, you know this. High school baseball is about ready to start, so... Let's get the warm days out of the way. Let's get those out of the way. Let's make sure that uh, when those parents crowd around that fence before a game... It's at least 32 degrees and windy. Oh, that's just sheer... Or a doubleheader on a Saturday. You're right, exactly. And it's like, oh, this is wonderful. Oh, it's the worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's funny. I complain as a parent, but, like, as a player, as you know as well, it's just... Even, like, I heard you the other day, like, trying to... You're swinging an aluminum bat and hitting the ball, and you're like... Never fun. I'd rather just strike out. You know, either you hit me, walk me, or strike me out. I'm done. I'm not trying to swing this piece of lumber and try to uh, make contact and have my hands feel like crap. But I know it's fun, man. It's- I imagine, though, it's, it's better to be out on the field than probably in the stands as a parent, and I will f- yes. find that out here in a handful of years. It's so different. It's so different to be... Yeah, because you have no control, right? You have no control over the game. Now, I, I throw out a couple of – you sat by me. You know, I throw Andrew a couple of uh, reminders that, that he could go get a rebound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or, you know, it'd be nice if you played a little bit more pressure defense when they pick up the ball. You know, just little things like that. You got to remind them just in case they're not thanking Claire during a game, right? That's <laughs> Sometimes I get a nasty, I get a nasty, never a look at me, but just a nasty look that I know is directed at me. And I'm like, okay, I'll shut up now. (laughs) (laughs) How did he like when you coached him? I think it was all right. I think it was all right. I, you know, I tried not to um, be too hard on him, but sometimes if you, if a drill wasn't going right, you know, I think a lot of parents would say this. You know, you, you just feel more comfortable yelling at your own kid. <laughs> Not that we oh, yelled, yeah. but being a little more strict to your own son. So there were there were drills that we would do that weren't going well, and I'd wait for Andrew or Lucas or just one of them to mess up. And then I'm like, all right, guys, what are we doing here? You know, and I mm-hmm. just kind of – so I'd kind of – so the other kids probably thought, oh, he's directing that at his own son. But in reality, I was directing it at all of them. And my kids were just as, blame, just to, as much to blame, but – yeah, I think it was okay. I mean, yeah. I, I tried to handle it okay. I, I'd have to ask them. I'd have to ask them one day how that was, what that was like to have dad as the coach. I mean, I certainly, like when I did it, I certainly did. Like I had no, it wasn't a desire to coach, right? But it was more of we're in small town America and you need parents to coach. And I, I had a little bit of knowledge about the games and played it a little bit. So it was like, I, I don't, I never pretended to know more than, the next person about what I was doing, but I I knew enough, I guess, right? So I think they were all right with yeah, it. Yeah, I'll be sitting there sometimes because my son now is about to turn two here in a couple of months. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to want to coach him, but mm. there's a fine line where th- there's got to be enough care yes. in the rest of the team. I, I don't know if I can do T-ball, oh, where if right. he's taking it serious and then like half the other kids are picking dandelions or their nose or something like that. Like, well, some some just don't want to play a certain yeah, sport. That, that I mean, you know, they just don't want to do it. And I always tried to be funny with them. I always tried to make sure they were having fun. You know, I'd, I'd give them nicknames. I'd show up. You know, they'd be the first one that I'd talk to when I got to the field. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go, you know, and just try to get them more fired up about it. But certainly you run into that, you know, where that is the case. And uh, as I've mentioned, you know, I think the first go through T-ball, you'll be fine. And then 
but with me, I had kids seven years apart. So by the time I coached T-ball the second time, mm-hmm. my older son was playing like real baseball. You know, they were attempting. They weren't turning double plays, but they were attempting it. And I, and here I am going back down to, you know, <laughs> like, no, you got to put your glove up so you don't get hit in the face. Remember, we've talked about that. What do you mean you times. ran to third base for the fifth time? <laughs> your fifth at, you've had five at-bats and you've ran to third all five times. <laughs> I said the greatest, but it's the stories you remember I won't mention names, but I, I remember in Homer, I was coaching, I think they were in fourth grade, and it was a basketball, and we were really good because we just had better, we had the better team. It wasn't because of anything else, and we hadn't lost all year, and we played for the championship, and we had told the kids that if we win, we're going to Jupiter's at the Crossing to eat pizza. So that was all the motivation that was needed. I didn't have to talk about winning championships or this will go down forever in your life that you're a fourth grade champion of the Homer basketball league. You know, I didn't, I didn't dive into the particulars of it. It was just, you get free pizza tonight. And so the tip is made in the basketball game. There's seven of seven of kids on my team, two on the bench. And the, the other team throws one in like banks one in from like 15 feet. First time we'd been down all year. True story. And one of the two kids next to me, I looked down at him, and I think I was like, hey, that's a great shot. You know, nice shot, dude. And I looked down at my two kids, and they're like almost in tears. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? And they're like, are we still going to eat pizza if we lose? I'm like, you're down <laughs> 2 nothing with 38 minutes to play. Hell no, you won't. <laughs> I don't think it was 38 minutes still. But, you know, it was, it was just funny because it was like this immediate, we're not going to get to eat pizza you know, and that's all they cared about because, <laughs> you know, they were just these poor kids. You know, they never were fed, For obviously, sure. especially. Yeah, pizza. right. No but doubt. I'm just like, guys, let's OK, we're down to nothing. We got the whole game to play. Let's relax. But it's funny things like that that I've always remembered through my coaching days. And I'm sure and I do believe I coached enough. Like, again, I only coached the junior high level, right? <laughs> and travel baseball. But I coached enough to know and believe that coaches do truly, they remember the losses and don't remember the wins. Now, there's going to be a win or two that you remember, right? A win that maybe gets you to the final four, let's say, or a win that was a last-second Tyler Griffey bucket to beat Indiana. Coach is not going to forget that. But I truly believe that the coaches, the, the, the losses dig at them. I bet Brad Underwood hardly sleeps after a loss, and then he can win four in a row, and, and you're thinking about the next game. Yeah, and just like, be thinking about not even worried about, hey, what a great I, – I, I always wondered, though. I, I wonder, like, do guys like, you know, Brad Underwood, Brett Bielma, Shauna Green – like Shauna Green yesterday, does she go home and have a glass of wine and just kind of at least take 30 minutes to sit there and revel in a victory over a 14th-ranked Indiana team to where you're like, you know what, my girls showed up today, they played well, they did everything they were supposed to do, and we kicked their tails – and I'm going to enjoy it here for. I'm, I'm going to. I would hope so. Yeah. Drink half this bottle of Pinot Grigio and have some fun. You know, I, I hope they do because I know they get paid well. I know it's a pressure job, but I just hope once in a while they're able to kind of sit back and relax. And I think what's cool for Brad, and we saw it with Lovey. Obviously, we that was more of a we gave him grief about that, but for Brad to coach with Tyler. I think yep. that's got to be a pretty cool thing, you know, to in the middle of a game. And I've told you this that once in a while, the camera will get Brad and, and the crew and you'll see Brad say something to Tyler. And I, I've always wondered, like, are they really talking about the game or are they laughing about something? You know, like, hey, man, I'm nervous about this Chiefs game. 
Sunday. You know, <laughs> I hope we get another Super Bowl, you know, in the middle of everything. But I think that's got to be a cool experience, you know. And even with Lovey and his son, Miles, coaching the linebackers, I, that has to be a cool thing to go to work and know you're coaching with your, uh, your son or daughter either way. So I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm sure Brad's having the time of his life mm. with okay. Tyler sitting right next to him. When it's been well documented, he's talked about it. Like through the years, when Tyler was coming up playing high school ball, probably playing AAU, that Brad's watching other guys like out yeah. recruiting and and covering his own games or scouting for others and having practice and whatnot. So when he was finally able to be on the team, he's around him on a daily basis. And now that they share the passion for coaching, I know there's of course critics out there that think about you know, nepotism or right. people getting opportunities they wouldn't get if they weren't the son of a of a coach and whatnot, but it's great when it works. Like yeah. Tyler is very involved in the offense that's currently fifth in the country in offensive efficiency. So you, you're putting up 80-plus with regularity. I, wow. I think that the results speak for themselves. Yes, I they think do. it's obviously working there. And I think you balance a little bit of old school and new school too. Like when you got somebody, number one, that's – recently been in the locker room I think that they can probably relate to players a little bit differently gotta be and then also that not to say that Brad is only thinking about offense that back when the three-point line was first invented and you know I'm not trying to make him sound like old or anything four corners yeah (laughs) but I think you can get some new ideas brought to the table I don't think there's any doubt And, and I'll be honest with you Tyler probably has the thought to watch an NBA game more yeah, than Brad right, does, or the right. time even. And, you know, Brad, under, listen, the older you get, you need your sleep, man. You're old, you're old. You're tired by a certain time. I'm sure there's times where Tyler, who's running on pure energy, is up at 11 o'clock watching the Golden State Warriors, and he probably sees a play mm-hmm. and pauses it or probably calls Ryan, and he's like, hey, check this play out. Tell me what you think of this. Do you think this is something our team could do, even though I know Ryan's more on the defensive end, but – uh, you know, you notice how I always avoid his last name. Oh, you mean Zach? Or I say, I keep calling him Ryan. I did that. I told you at a tailgate. I went up to him like Ryan, what's up? And I talked to him for like five minutes, and then I'm like, I've been calling you Ryan. Your name's that's Zach. not as bad as me at a tailgate uh, after putting in work on the cooler a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I think that might have been part of it. I'm but thinking I, I same here. I I called Kenny Battle Marcus. Oh, and uh, oh. our buddy Corey Witt still reminds oh. me of that to this day. I was like, see you later, Marcus. He's like, you know, that's Kenny Battle, right? Oh, like, I didn't know this. For the Derek. record, I wasn't alive when the 89 Alano <laughs> were around. But, yeah, I should have got that one right. That was hey, that was a couple years ago. At least you're mixing up legends, right? Yeah. Were yeah, you yeah. thinking Marcus Liberty? Liberty? Okay, yeah. I was going to say. He's got my names wrong. All right, well, you know, probably, Kenny's, Kenny's you know, probably like I've never admitted that publicly, but uh, that was really just a, a joke between me and Corey for all these these handful of years and probably uh, would have quit working with you if I'd have known that yeah, story. I know. I was, uh, so I'm <laughs> now I'm really retiring, Kyle. So All right, start, play the, the hockey that you've had ready for the last two years, Kyle. <laughs> Starting tomorrow, uh, retirement. No longer is. be here. And it's due to and I'm gonna make sure to get a hold of somebody like Bob Osmussen and say, Can you at least do a quick little brief story on why I quit? And it's because of Derek Piper calling Kenny Battle Market. Disrespect. <laughs> right. No, I'd never heard that. Yeah, man. Hey, that happens. I mean, come on. It does. Kenny's probably like, look, I've been called worse than Marcus Liberty. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fine. I wish, you know one thing I've always thought about through the years? I wish I would have been doing this back when, like, the, that 89 team. Like, oh, what man. fun of a season would that have been to cover 
And, you know, they didn't even win the Big Ten. So I'm sure there would have been some frustration in some shows. Who won the Big Ten that year? I think it was Indiana. Is that right? I, you'll have to double I'll check. I'll look it up. I think Illinois weren't, finished third. Weren't there like three or four teams like in the top ten? Yeah. There were a lot of really good teams. How would Illinois have finished third, though, and gotten a one seed? That can't be right. I know they didn't win the Big Ten because they won the Big Ten in, what, 84 and didn't win it again until, uh, was it Kruger? Or no, yeah, I think that's right. So Indiana did win the Big Ten. They were fifteen and three that year in the league. Illinois was fourteen and four. Michigan twelve okay. and six. Iowa ten and eight. Okay, all right. And Illinois beat Michigan twice that year. That's correct. So, yeah, all right. So Indiana won the Big Ten, which was even more frustration with Bobby Knight. You know, I just I just hated Indiana. They were so good under him. They really were. But yes, going into the tournament, you had. Illinois fourth in the country, Indiana sixth in the country, Michigan eighth in the country, Iowa fifteenth. Wow. Mm. Yeah. The, listen, the Big Ten. I'm not saying it's well this year. It's not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to use this year's Big Ten as an argument. But there's there have been seasons where the Big Ten certainly shows out. And back then, though, and and I know it's the oh yeah oh boy here he goes he's talking about. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about if you talk to athletes on that 89 team or some of those, they'll tell you how much better. Stephen Bardo would sit here for an hour and tell you how much better the Big Ten was back then than it is now. Mm-hmm. But you, And the reason he says that is because you were Illinois' team this year. Everybody was. Everybody had a lot of veterans. You know, guys weren't leaving necessarily early. You didn't see a lot of freshmen unless you were really, really good. You didn't see, like, Jaden Epps come in and start playing immediately. You definitely didn't see him play immediately, play all year, and then just leave because he something, you know, his trainer or whatever didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, right. I mean, you didn't see any of that crap. But, you know, you just had older teams. and That had been together. Right, that had played together. And a lot of the guys, you know, I mean, every team had two or three seniors that were just – I mean, I'm sure you could go through that. Well, I, could, I can go through the Michigan team. I mean, they had six guys drafted in the NBA, and I'm sure with Iowa, I'm sure they had, was that like Roy Marble back in the day? I, I, I always get, I get them confused, like, when they played, but you had Roy got, Marble, Ed Horton, B.J. Armstrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how about those three? Matt Bullard and uh, Les Jet, Jepson, Jepson were also guys that wow. at least were drafted. How I about, know there were more rounds in the NBA then, but still. Yeah, how about Indiana? Indiana would have had... Was that Cheney? Jay Edwards, oh. Eric Anderson were the two NBA guys. Oh, okay. So Cheney was already gone, or yeah, yeah. Jay Simpson was, or what was his name? Jay Edwards. He's the one that made the bucket from the baseline that put Indiana up in the game. That then Nick Anderson turned around and hit the mm. bucket to win in Bloomington. And Jay Edwards make, made that shot like he shot it from behind the backboard. I think from the side. They Jeez. still don't know how that went in. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. But it'd be cool to cover that team, even the 05 team, because we didn't start this program until, what, 10, 2010, the end of. So it would have been great to be able to talk every day, have you here every day, you're covering D and Darren and those guys, Man. and to have you explaining, you know, what we're seeing out there. And, I mean, gosh, that would have been fun to have on. And then how cool would it be to have, like, Roger Powell on every week like we have Luke Goody or back in the day have Stephen Bardo on every week like you know I mean yeah. it would be really cool to see that so I'm, I'm, I'm glad a few things have, have evolved obviously but uh, 
would have been very cool to be talking about those teams on a daily basis. You'd probably remember a lot more specifics about things. I probably remember specifics, although people listening right now are like, no, you don't, Lon. You prove that on a daily basis, which is true. But I probably remember specifics about teams that were not very good for Illinois more than I do the 89 and 05 because I wasn't just sitting there talking right, about them all the right. time. So, and well, 89, I, w- I was still in college in 89. Uh, yep. I had gotten out of TV by 05, so I didn't cover either one of those schools, you know. Mm. Ah, that 89 seemed like, it's so funny, like, we didn't get to see, I was in Carbondale, of course, we didn't get to see many Illinois games because it was, there was no Big Ten Network. So there were times where... You weren't getting Peacock back then? No. ESPN Plus? I probably was and didn't know it. You know, it was probably actually on your cable. But I would call dad at the office and I'm like, so what happened last night? Like, how did we lose to Minnesota? And he'd give me some little quick breakdown. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. You know? (laughs) So it it just, you couldn't couldn't celebrate the 89 team, for me at least, being, well, three hours away in Carbondale. But... You didn't get to see every game. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a – when you look back at it, it's like, man, that might be the best team Illinois has ever had, and you didn't get to see every one of their games where I live. Now, if you lived around here, I think Channel 3 showed them. So – but, yeah, it's just – it's a different time now. It's a different time. For sure. Which is good. It's good. I I appreciate although we're still waiting for that that deep tourney run to associate with it, but getting to cover Io and Kofi, like yes. be able to talk about those teams on a daily basis. Even this one, one that's been consistently ranked in the top 15 nationally. It's, there are days that we've had at, at different moments early in Underwood through the right. gross era, late in Weber too. I, I wasn't doing it at that point. You guys would yeah. have been doing it, yeah. uh, you and Werner, that uh, it's not as much fun to have those talks and, and to think about no have the conversation of, of can they make the tournament this year should they make a change that those type of things right versus you know what seed will they get can they win the Big Ten I had that moment today thinking about it with Illinois only being one game back in the loss column from mm-hmm. Purdue like this is the third year out of the last four that Illinois is very much in the thick of the Big Ten title chase going down the home stretch that's awesome that's awesome. I mean, to have that ability in, in late – I know we're not late – well, are we late February the 20th? Yeah. I guess we would be. Um, t- to have that ability to say you're still battling for a conference championship, obviously that means, A, you're having a good season, and then, B, you still got a shot at it, which is cool, and you got a shot at a decent seed. Uh, what, what's the highest – what's the furthest you've gone? Sweet, uh, have you only gone round of 32 round in of terms 32, of covering yeah. a team? See, I was lucky enough to get to that – that Sweet 16 game mm. up at Kohl's Center when uh, – who got us? Kansas? No, it was uh, – yeah, Kansas got us. And then Kansas blew out Oregon to go to the Final Four. And that's when Bill Self, afterwards, you know, he was telling us, he's like, man, we win that game, we're in the Final Four. Was that right before he left? Or did he leave – yeah, because they beat Kansas in 2001 before then going to Is the Elite right? Eight and losing to Arizona. Oh, yeah. So they beat Kansas one year with Frank, and yes. then the following year they lost. Because didn't Frank put 30 on them or whatnot yeah. in the it's Sweet 16 cold. game? Then they lost to Kansas. And although Self's final year, didn't they lose to Notre Dame? Yeah, they did. That's right. Notre Dame couldn't miss from the three-point line. Yes, that's right. And that, that was when I broke uh, That's when I broke my TV controller <laughs> on the wall. That wasn't a good If I have my years right. No, that's right, because um, y- you're, you're correct on that. And I, I did not cover the team that went to Arizona, I don't think. I think I'd gotten out of the business. I got out in 02 in June, 
So would that have been the 03 March? So 2003 March, they lost another Dame. They were a four seed. They beat Western Kentucky, and they lost another Dame. Okay, I guess I was still covering them then when they... 2001, so that would have been the 2000-2001 team. That was the team that they won the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That was Self's first year. They were a one seed, beat Northwestern State, Charlotte, Kansas, and then lost to Arizona, 87-81, yeah. the... Oh, infamous like 55 free throws for the Wildcats <laughs> so you were covering that team or you weren't I I must have been but I wasn't in San Antonio I think is where they played that I was at I was at home for that because I remember it must have been a late game or something I don't I don't know I don't know the story and I don't want to spend all day trying to me yeah. remember what was happening but I know I was in my house in Sullivan right because I always charted the games I mean I still do that in high school a little bit because it keeps me kind of just occupied it's what I grew up doing like I learned how to chart games and you know you I don't know if you do the same thing I took a yellow legal pad and I put a line down the middle from top to bottom and Illinois was on the left and whoever we were playing is on the right and I would go down like Harrington three Bradford three six oh Illinois and mm-hmm. then so what I could do when I was doing tv I could look back and say oh here's a here's a 12 run that I could show a highlight you know two Corey Bradford threes show one of them highlighted a 12-0 run for Illinois. They took a, you know, what, 32-30 lead at half. And that's kind of how I was able to do it uh, to where I could kind of put my story together as a TV guy. Yeah. And then you would kind of target, like, let's say they'd win a game and I could ask, you know, Self at half or, or Kruger at half and say, hey, how big was how big was that first half run where Corey hit two threes? You know, and then they would specifically talk to it. So then I would insert that line into my package. So there you go. That's what I paid like thirty thousand to go to SIU. I just gave you a free, free tip. I like it, Kyle. There you go. You're- Wagner does like the old school journalism. I'll call it that of charting the does game. Does he really? Where I'm lazy, I just look at the the stat <laughs> broadcast where they do it for you. So I don't Is know. Is that lazy or just more efficient? Maybe it's more efficient. <laughs> I still do take notes on my Google Docs and whatnot. Yeah, uh, on my laptop, but. Like, Lauren Tate still, to this day, will go into a press conference with a notepad and paper. I love it. And, like, it seems like he's writing everything that the that Underwood <laughs> might say. And I give him flack about it at some points. Like, you know, you can use a recorder. Do you even write quotes in your stories? Like, I, I know. Well, I know, love Lauren, though. That's, that's just him. Hey, he's him. an opinion guy, right? He, he just writes the features. He doesn't have to write the game notes. So right, yeah. he doesn't have to have those things. But that is kind of funny, though. Maybe he's writing down ideas of his next story, the Tate lines back in the yeah, day or whatever, of, yeah. of which way to go on that. But I'm, Yeah, I mean, you would like – I would always write down, you know, little things. Like if there was – let's say there was a loose ball that Lucas Johnson got on the ground and saved and it keyed a 6-0 run for Illinois late in the game. I mean, then you would maybe not show the video of Lucas diving, but you would remember that and be able to – put that somewhere in your story, you know, even in the lead of saying, you know, we all know what Lucas Johnson does for a living. And today he did it. He did it so well that Illinois won this game and he keyed a big run late. Let's go to champagne, blah, blah, blah. You know, you start talking over the video. So it's cool. I think each person has their own, own thing, but we didn't have what you have. Like we didn't have computers in front of us Mm -hmm. and we would just get, I remember at timeouts, uh, someone from the, um, SID department, you know, they'd have a runner that would, they probably still do. They'd bring you a sheet of, you know, it might be 12 minutes into the game and you've got a sheet of, you know, Bradford's got six already. Arch has got five rebounds and, and then you'd kind of deposit at the end of the night, you had like 10 of these sheets 
Yeah, they don't do that anymore. No, they, I, I'm sure that was not efficient. Only very rare places. Bragging Rights still does that. Do they really? They have a runner. I'm like, I don't need all this paper. I man. know. Like, Isn't that I'm funny? good. I'm good. It was a lot of work for Kent Brown and those guys back in the day. I mean, you know, they had to, like, time outcomes. They had to print all those up. I mean, I, I just never really thought of that. And then they had to just run around and just here, 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 here. And there would be certain games where I would look at the – if I was just there to shoot the game or if, I, if it wasn't a really big game, I'm like, you don't – I don't need – I don't need the stat line ever. Just give me half and final. You know, that, that's good with me. It is funny, though, the, just the different things that occur that back then we just didn't have the, uh, the, the, the technology, essentially, that you guys have now to kind of follow along. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of keep our own. And if somebody approached double figures, that was the other thing. I always carried like a red, a red marker with me. So I would write down everything, and then I'll keep, I'll keep saying Corey Bradford. But let's say Bradford hits his 4-3 to get, and he's got 12 points. Then I would write 12 in red knowing that he's in double figures. So it would help me then realize that he's having a big game. And then I, you know, because then I had to wait for the stat guy <laughs> or stat girl about 20 minutes later to give me a thing go, oh, yep, I was right on that. Yeah. And so then at halftime, cool. Lon would call the, the number to know what the weather is outside. <laughs> How are we doing on the live truck? We got to be able to, ah, we got some wind coming up, Lon. We might not be able to do it. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Ah. I just, what was it? The, did you watch the CBS um, when they were doing the NFL today, when they were doing that show? You know, the Brent Musburger show that started it all. Did you see that? Uh, I don't think I called? did, no. But it was kind of like the first ever pre pregame essentially show like mm. you see today every mm-hmm. on every yeah. network right and that's when Brent Musburger would start everything with you are looking live at Soldier Field it's snowy today and you know th- he explained in that that a lot of betters wanted to know what conditions were in certain places so that's why so Brent Musburger asked the producers or the whoever and he said is there a way of getting a 10 second live look at Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia because and then like guys 30 minutes before the show would then make their bets to you know like oh my gosh it's 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 freezing rain in Philly I'm not gonna bet big on the Eagles to cover the spread or whatever uh-huh. I mean was, yeah. I thought it was pretty cool that how they did that, that but um they were saying that uh Jim Nance was doing uh, uh the the pregame shows or something this is before he got he blew up big and he saw something on Jimmy the Greek. Like he was walking by somewhere and they had a TV on and Jimmy the Greek was up in the upper right corner and they, had, they went on and on. He couldn't hear it. He thought he had died. So he went and found a payphone and he called, he called his producer and he's like, when did Jimmy the Greek die? And he goes, oh, he didn't die. He's in trouble because of what he said. And they went on with that. But yeah, wait, times are a lot easier now for you kids. Jeez. Ha, we didn't have text. We didn't have all that stuff. Didn't have Joe Lenardi putting out bracketology. We did not. Which he did put out a new one today. I mean, we can get Ooh, to that on the okay. other side of this break. We've got, had plenty of people weigh in already. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. As you saw or heard in that first segment, uh, we're kind of bouncing around today. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit of a slow period as we wait in between Big Ten games, <laughs> Illinois and Penn State tomorrow night? A little bit of an earlier tip, 530 there in State College, no Kanye Cleary for mm. Penn State. Definitely a game you should win. A few Big Ten games tonight. There weren't any last night, so uh, we can take a look at that picture as we go along. I want to touch a little bit more on baseball just because 
I'm itching for it, and I got to get Kyle's date. Let's do a Kyle Daly, Cody Bellinger update or opinion or whatever, whatever Kyle has to say about Bellinger Kyle's today. Um, we can do that on the other side of this break. So <laughs> let's get to all that. We appreciate all the texts. Stick with us. This is The Drive. A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868, proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. With the leaves and temperatures beginning to fall, it's time to make sure those furnaces are in great running order. Get that furnace tuned up so it doesn't let you down on the cold nights. Dogtown is the people's choice number one HVAC company again in 2023. Ask about the current 0% financing offer on all Lennox high comfort systems and single component units for qualifying applicants. The number is 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Hey, where are you headed? To Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. What do they have there? What don't they have there? Living room furniture, benches, chests, love seats, sectionals, tables, bedroom sets, hutches, nightstands, end tables, cabinets, mirrors, stools, clocks, lamps, pillows, rugs, desks, media consoles, patio furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, and more. So, everything. Yeah, probably could have uh, just said that. Kelsey Furniture, quality for less. Tax relief for individuals and businesses affected by natural disasters. I'm Hillary Barsky with your Fox Business Tax Tip coming up. Kelly's Accounting does all tax types, individual, corporate, trust, partnerships, and estate, plus payroll and bookkeeping services. Your guardian angel in the finance department. Call their Monticello office, 762-5509, or visit kellysaccounting.com. Individuals and businesses in federally declared disaster zones can receive filing extensions and may deduct losses suffered. CPA and tax attorney Alan J. Strauss says there's a choice. They can take those losses on a return they have not filed and take it in the year the loss occurred. For example, natural disaster that occurs in February of 2023 and you haven't yet filed your 2022 return. You are allowed to take that 2023 loss on your 20. 2022 return. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini and Pia's. The pregame fun starts at Pia's Sports Bar and Grill. Pia serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. At Pards in Urbana, the boots just keep on coming. They're known for their huge collection of men's cowboy boots, women's cowgirl boots, kids' boots, and even shoes. If you're searching for top footwear brands, look no further than Pards. They carry a wide variety, including Ariat, Dan Post, Smoky Mountain, Roper, Double H, and more. And if socks or accessories are what you need, they've got all your high-quality essentials. Since 1968, Pards has been serving their customers with high-quality merchandise. And if you haven't been to Pards in a while, a lot has changed. Go check them out just off University Avenue in Urbana. 
Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple. We bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Rewards Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to $20,000. Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Rewards Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com. Fisher National Bank. Exceptional communities. Exceptional people. Member FDIC. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. We're getting close to bracket season, my my friends. My friends. Yeah. You're, well, you got Jim Nance on your mind. I do. Yeah, friends. Hello, my friends. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Is that what he says? Yeah. It's a good stretch of sports when you have March Madness, opening day, the Masters, mm. all condensed in like a, a month's time. Mm. Then it rolls right into NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. That's true. Yep. And then you get to the dog days of summer. Uh, yep. Yeah. Those... But if you have a, a good baseball team yeah. that's entertaining to watch on a nightly basis, that can get you through. When's the next time the Cardinals and Cubs are going to have a legitimate World Series contending team? Are we two years away? I don't know. Like, if, if, if Nolan Gorman – I'm starting with the Cardinals here. If Nolan Gorman, Jordan Walker, Lars Newtbar – and some of these, you know, Tink Hints, is that his name? Um, and some of these young pitchers develop. I, I mean, eh. is there a chance? I can see it with the lineup, although we are going to have I agree. Goldie phase out at some point. Right. Is he 35? Goldie and Arenado both. Do you think both of those guys or either of those guys finish their careers in the Cardinal uniform? I'd say Goldie. You think Goldie will? I would say him above, unless the Cardinals are just, unless we're just not competitive again, and we do it for him and just say, hey, we want you to go win a championship. He's never won one. Neither one of those guys has. Right, yeah. So, I don't... Nato's got more years left. I don't know, how long is his contract through? Have either one of those guys won a series in the playoffs? Nolan has. Did he? Oh, weren't the, the Rockies, Rockies were the Rockies in the World Series one year? Or am I mistaken? It feels like you're right. I mean, I'm going to need Kyle to kind of go through that. Maybe one. they went deep in the playoffs. Crazy that you fooled Kyle. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I'm not positive. Well, he was studying up on NASCAR last night. That <laughs> oh, that's right. It's all foggy. Who won the Daytona, by the William way? William Byron in a caution. Hmm. That kind of stinks. 2007, they got swept in the World Series. Was he part of that team? He might not have been. Maybe I was thinking of Holiday. 
That seems really long ago for yeah. Arenado. Holiday and Troy Tulowitzki, mm. Todd Helton. Okay. Remember how Tulowitzki was going to be a Cardinal like eight straight years? Man, he was good. <laughs> he was one of those, yeah, we had him circled like every, every, year. every year. You and I... Even doing the show together, Josh Donaldson was a guy. Oh, he's yeah. Seemed like, oh, I'd love to have him. He's my guy. Instead, we had Jahani Peralta. Mm. He wasn't bad. I don't think they. I don't think Nolan has won one. Remember when Jed Jerko was our starting shortstop one year? Uh, was he a shortstop? <laughs> I think he was our starting. No, Khalil Green was our starting shortstop. Oh one year. yes, yes. Those were the good old days. Speaking of which, I saw there's a clip. Our buddy Jeff Jones from the mm. Belleville News Democrat put out that Matt Carpenter taking grounders at third today. Oh. That they t- they have put out Ali Momola said that for the most part he'll mostly get his work at DH and first base when he does play, which hopefully is pretty sparingly. Doesn't um, isn't Brendan Donovan the guy that needs to play all those positions? Yeah. And not Matt Carpenter. But Brendan Donovan's also going to play the outfield too, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play a lot even if he doesn't if he's not one of the first eight, you know what you know what I'm saying. If he's not a starting eight guy on opening day, on all the positions, he will be the guy that plays a different position every day, giving somebody a rest. Mm-hmm. I could see Carp playing a little. I didn't want to see Carp play third base ten years ago. I was going to say, didn't they move His him? His arm to second was bad. Because- <laughs> Couldn't throw. This is stupid. Just shelve up Carpenter till you visit Wrigley. That's all you got to do. Yeah. He owns that place. He totally does. He and Pujols, man, they had your number. Of course, Pujols had a lot of numbers. I would say so. But, yeah, Carp, Carp's always had your guy. Kenny, wait, is Jim Nance, he's not doing the Final Four? I didn't know that. Did he not do it last year? Last year was his last year. Oh, that's right. He said that last year. So, who's going to do it? Is that? Uh... I think it's Ian Eagle. Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was hoping it wouldn't be Kenny Albert. Or whatever. <laughs> Nothing against Kenny. I just I can't stand looking at him. You know you what I'm saying? Like he looks like him. a catfish or something. <laughs> like he's got like some bulging eyes and stuff. I, I'm just like he always looks like he's out of breath. Like Kenny Albert. Oh, man. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, don't guys say sorry to me. <laughs> now I'm only gonna be able to say catfish whenever I watch him. Then he do like does he do some NHL playoff games? And yeah, stuff? yeah, he does. He's good. I don't mind his voice. Yeah, no, no, no. no. He's good. He's really good. I just didn't know if he was ready. So, Ian Eagle, he's good, too. He's very good. Yeah, they've got a lot of Mm – it's just that tradition of, you know, you you always – it was always one guy forever. You know, even Billy Packer, even though you couldn't sometimes stand him. No. But you knew it was a big game if it was him and – who was doing – Nance. And Jim Nance. And then who was before him? Was it Brent? I know Brent did a lot of them. Oh, yeah, okay. Did it go from Brent to Jim? Probably did. So you just you knew it was a big game when Billy Packer, you know, was was on the scene. You know, it was just like one of those. Al McGuire always did some big games and stuff. So, I like Kevin Harlan a lot too. Is that who I'm? Maybe I'm thinking of Kevin Harlan for the catfish thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you be dogging Kevin Harlan? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm thinking of Kenny. Kenny's always kind of got the really. It's the shirt that's two sizes too small around his neck, and it's like, ooh, Kenny, how are you breathing, dude? We're dogging him. <laughs> We're dogging him. By we, I mean Lon. Who will do the game with Ian? Who's the, uh, who am I forgetting? Raftery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They usually do a three-man, right? With Grant, Grant Hill. Hill yeah. Yeah. Oh, Grant. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, Shane, yes, I think Kenny is Marv Albert's son. Yep. 
the Marv Albert or whatever. <laughs> what did he always say? He was, boy, he was kind of a weird dude though, wasn't he? <laughs> was he? Well, did you? I mean, he had some weird off the court things. Oh, I didn't know that. I think he had like a fetish for socks or something. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I'll have to look this up. It was not a good ending for Marv Albert. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Marv Albert socks. Fetish for socks. Hit. <laughs> Accused of wearing women's underwear. Garter the first belt. post is Marv Albert's creepy past. <laughs> I shouldn't have gone right. there with Marv. All right. I didn't know that. See, you poor kids probably always have respected Marv Albert, and I, now you're like, I oh, have, yeah. whoa. Those old school uh, <laughs> NBA. Okay. Oh, boy. Lon, that's terrible. Should we transition? Yeah. All right. How about bracketology? You want to talk some of that? Mm. that? Yes, and it counts. That's what I was trying to think of. That's what Marv would always say. Yes, and it counts. That's a good one. That's a good one. Those guys were good. Uh, bracketology. Illinois still... It's kind of repetitive as far as the seed line. There's still a four seed, okay. according to Joe Lenardi. Right now, he has them in the south region. The one seed in that one is Houston. Houston wins last night against Iowa State, two of the top defensive teams in the country. Jamal Shedd, point guard, mm. should be a familiar name because he kind He's of shredded yes, he did. Illinois in that tournament. And Illinois also having issues with point guards. This year, that's not a guy <laughs> I necessarily want to see, but... Dayton is the five, so maybe a, a four-five with Dayton in the round of thirty-two uh, ability then to advance to the Sweet Sixteen. In comparison, you look at some other five seeds around. Wisconsin's one of those, and falling. Of course, Illinois right. is not going to be a four where Wisconsin's a five. But Correct. Will Wisconsin even be a five when all is said and done? Clemson's a five seed. Also, Kentucky. Hmm. Which boy would that be from an intrigue standpoint? Very something that. A tournament committee would do. They would love, right? They would love that. They would love that with Illinois and Kentucky. Would you be okay with playing Kentucky? Don't they have the seven four dude or whatever? Yeah, but or is he seven four? I mean, they have a really tall guy, but they just are terrible defensively. Oh, are they? It would be a first to ninety plus <laughs> wins that game. We'll do it like the old. What was that called with Mike LaTulip and that crew? The CB, what was it? TBT. TBT, where they had, you had to hit the number. Oh, yeah, the Elam ending. Yeah, just the, set it at Elam, 95. Yeah, just set it at 95, and everybody sit back and enjoy. Kentucky can't stop a nosebleed, but they are electric offensively. Are they really? Yeah. Eesh. They've got a lot of talent. Guard play, they could hurt Illinois. They shoot the three well. The Illinois does hold that down mm -hmm. pretty well yeah. uh, as far as the, the hole. But I would hope that Illinois could outscore them and get just a few more stops, but I don't know. It would be a heck of a game for sure. What does Illinois, besides the obvious of a win over Purdue, have to do to get up to a three? Is it beat Purdue? Can't have another blemish on your resume. You can't take a loss that you shouldn't. Uh, I think that the Purdue win what? is probably the the most okay. obvious one. Okay. What would be a what would be a bad loss still on the Illinois schedule? At if Penn you, State. Okay, that's fair. Home against Iowa or Minnesota. Got it. And then how about at Iowa? Is that considered a bad it's loss? It's a quad one. Okay. So it wouldn't wouldn't kill you. It would be more of a missed opportunity, I think. And you've got what? Your your road games are at Penn State, at Iowa, at, or, uh, at Wisconsin. At Wisconsin. So really the at Penn State is the one you got to avoid tomorrow night in terms of a bad loss. Okay. 
What? And I would imagine home games against Iowa and Minnesota, you should win. Aren't going to mean much. Yeah, I don't think they'll help you okay. very much. But and ones that you can't completely discount, like Minnesota's been, yeah, pesky. Iowa's played a little bit better of late. What would a win at Wisconsin do for you? Would it bump you to a three? I mean, if you would have asked me that three weeks ago, right. I would have I said that that one could have. I don't know if that's <laughs> still the case. They've lost five of six. Yeah. They host Maryland tonight. We'll be interested to see how they look in that one. On paper, they should win their next two. They host Maryland, and they're at Indiana, and then they bring in Illinois early March. Okay. I mean, I feel like we're just mired in that four spot. It feels that way, which and isn't – it's not terrible. It's not terrible, but uh, just squaring up with that. Who do you play, a 13? Yeah. That'd be a 13. A four 13. Yeah. Which you'd have no business. I'm not saying that you know those happen – five 12s happen seemingly every year. Right. A four, a four 13 can happen for sure. Look at the 13s, Appalachian State. I've, I've seen, like, none of them. Appalachian State, Akron, <laughs> Yale, UC Irvine. This one has Illinois playing Yale. I haven't watched any Yale basketball. I can't imagine it's very exciting. Probably not. It's probably on the CW. <laughs> They'd have a, they probably have a kid that shoots from long range that averages about 25 a game. That would be my guess for Yale. And so you just have Like a to, big man or just no, a, a like guard? A, a guard, yeah. That, that doesn't scare me Some for Illinois. Some pesky 6'1 guard. I think it's more of like a, a hyper-athletic team Yes, that can drive you. Illinois, in terms of having the ability to stop the ball, getting in some bad matchups. I don't worry about a str- – because usually sometimes, a lot of times with smaller schools, maybe you have like Kofi against a, a five-man that steps out and shoots it, and then you're like, all right, if this guy knocks down four or five threes, that could hurt us. Of course, Coleman negates that. It is more of that physical five that could right. could hurt you. Usually, see that more at a at a high major level. I'm not saying that a a mid major couldn't have one, but I don't know. I, I'm not nearly as worried. This is going to sound dumb, but a first round game for Illinois should be pretty yes, surefire strong. But they should definitely advance. It's the round of ter- 32 game that can they get enough stops? Can they exactly. execute late offensively? That's the question. They definitely got to get better on, on defense to make them be more trustworthy than they are right now. How do you guys feel Illinois would do against the following teams? Baylor. Um, I'm not terribly scared of Baylor. It'd be interesting seeing Ray J. Dennis. Oh, that's right. I think Baylor shoots it pretty well from the three. They have a good big man. Okay. But isn't he mo- – he's more wiry – and athletic than he is like a bully ball type guy. I don't think I've watched him play. He's like a rim protector athlete. Yeah. Okay. How about Iowa State? Uh, really interesting contrast of they're, uh, they're really, really good on defense and Illinois is really, really good on offense. See, I'd rather face someone like that. And because I know that Iowa State's really good on defense, but you better be really, really good to close, to hold Illinois down. Mm-hmm. Because Illinois on offense is. Yeah, I'll say it. It's elite, as Brian right. Underwood would say. I, I would be fine with. I'd rather Iowa face State. the They're team good, that doesn't but... score a crap load, that has the ability to put up and just go with you all the way, wire to wire to ninety. And maybe maybe Iowa State can do that, but I think I'd rather face a team that's a li- to where if you got up by like ten on them, 
then that's really a dogfight for them to get back in it. Okay, what, what do you think about Iowa State, Kyle? Yeah, they got a heck of a point guard. That'd be my one concern. Oh. Lipsy, he's really good, but yeah, I don't know. I I'm not scared of a team that that's identity is defense. I think right. good offense beats good defense in the tournament. Okay, that's fair. A lot of people would say defense wins championships. I disagree right? in in college. Okay, how about Alabama? I got two more teams. How do you feel like Illinois would do against Bama? They're another squad that. Ranks similar to Illinois very, very highly in offensive efficiency. I haven't seen a whole lot of Bama. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen mostly their box scores. They can score 90-plus with ease. I don't. Defense is a question mark for them. Right. So, I think you're, they're kind of comparable. They'd be one of those that they're gonna, you're going to run with them. I mean, that's going to be, like you said, first to 90 kind of. Yeah. Okay, and then Duke. Mm. They shoot it well. Filipowski against Coleman would be a that would be a good matchup. It I, would be. I don't think he's going to overpower Coleman. They're just two pretty good athletes that are skilled five men. Illinois would have size advantages on the perimeter, but they got a number of they've got a, a good three headed backcourt with mm. Roach and who else is in that mix for them? McCain. McCain. I mean, yep. they're going to have talent. <laughs> they're they just have shoot talent. it really well as a team. They're like. Near forty percent from three as a okay. squad. So every those four teams I just mentioned are all the three seeds, where Illinois is a four. Mm, okay, and I'd love to get up to that three seed line. I just if you could get to that three seed line, play a fourteen, then play maybe a six, and then take your chance against a two. I just I don't like that four or five. I mean, give me a three or a six. I've said it every year, unless you're a one or a two then I'd, I'd almost rather have a three or a six than a four or a five. Is there enough that Illinois could do? Let's say they don't beat Purdue. I'll throw this back to you guys. Is there enough they could do in the Big Ten tournament to then move it? The problem is a lot of times, the kind of the perception is because of where the selection show is. Literally, I remember vividly, Io is literally on the, <laughs> on the ladder when the selection show is running. So you wonder how much late shifting there is with the bracket. I know. With that Big Ten game being literally right there I've always next to the selection. Yeah, yeah. So. I've always thought the championship game of the Big Ten tournament means nothing. It feels that way. Like they already have it. Like if, if you were trying to get your next step, if you make it to that championship game, you've made your next step. You don't True. necessarily have to win that 3 o'clock Sunday game yeah. or whenever it is. That, that's what I've, and I don't think you can hurt yourself necessarily by losing it either. I don't think. Because Illinois – You'd imagine if it plays out, and it rarely is chalk one versus two in the Big Ten tournament, but if Illinois got to Sunday and we're squaring off with Purdue again, would that put you in a situation to bolster up to a three seed? Let's say if you lost in Champaign to Purdue. I don't don't know. I think if you split with Purdue during the regular season, I I just think Purdue's so far ahead of you, and I don't mean they're so – but they're far enough ahead of you that even if you – beat them two out of three you're not going to overtake them well right right i mean it's but can that get you because they're going to be a one let's start next hour with that because i want to ask you like i want to project these last few games for illinois like in my mind i've got a thought of what they're going to do and i want to ask you guys what would then happen to illinois where they would be if it felt like i think it's going to fall we're almost at that point where we find the website 
where you can <laughs> enter the results of the final like oh I forgot about that final website. two weeks of the Big Ten and you and I always like get it wrong like yeah. so then we watch the following night and we're like oh well we picked those wrong so it messes up our whole bracket projection <laughs> for the Big Ten tournament I also someone texted this in yesterday and I we didn't get to it is the conference tournament now a little mm. overrated is not as important as it once was I kind of have that feeling maybe it's because Illinois and the fans and just all the focus is so heavy on getting to the Sweet 16 yeah, my, and that my, nothing matters right. outside of that, really. My rebuttal to that would be, why would it be different? Like, why is it it's always still? been that way, is what you're saying? Or No, like, I, I, I still think it's important. I think it just depends on where your team is going into the conference tournament. If you're a team fighting for a spot in the tournament, then it's damn important. If you're Northwestern or Nebraska right or not maybe not Northwestern, if you're Nebraska right now or Minnesota, well, yeah, for you sure. You better win. So I think it depends on kind of where you're at. No doubt. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just think part of the perception I feel, especially for Big Ten fans, is the last few winners of the Big Ten tournament have gotten immediately bounced in the tournament. Mm. Purdue last year, the year before that, Iowa. Remember, oh, Iowa caught fire. Right. They're like, oh, Iowa's as hot as anybody in the country. I they win the Big that. Ten tournament. Then they lose in the first round. I forgot who beat them. Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, and then Richmond. obviously the year before that was Illinois mm. winning the Big Ten tournament and losing to Loyola. So it's like, are you wearing yourself out to win the Big Ten tournament then to go to the tournament and being Possibly. gassed or just whatever? You peaked already, however you want to frame it. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe it's all excuses. But Possibly. There's just been those type of situations here of late. We can chat about that. I'd like Kyle's thought on that. Yeah, I do, as well as – your thoughts in the U of I Atlanta League text line, 217-359-2255. Hit us up, and then we'll sneak in Kyle's Cody Bellinger update before we get out of here. You're not going to want to miss that. Stay tuned for all of that. This is The Drive.